I should wear a blanket. Rob, come on. Absorbs the sound. Just because you don't care doesn't mean it's not important. It's not important. Hello and what? Hello and welcome to Cast Royale, but Clash Royale. Just say it. Like stop thinking. That about was good it. the second it time. Horrible. It was fine the second time. It was fine the second time. Horrible. I'm excited. I feel like we're being back. Uh, I feel like we're back in the. I'm back. excited. I've <laughs> like a nice, like crisp maple bacon peel. What do you call a it? Bacon what would peel. You call it? I've never in my life heard anybody call it a bacon peel. Nah, the the word slipped my mind. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna redact and correct and call it call it a bacon strip. Royale, the Clash Royale podcast for casual players. I'm Rob. And I'm Joe. And this week we discuss the September game update, the balance changes, a pretty sweet deck, and more. Boom. Boom. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, CLNSmedia.com, or wherever you get your podcasts, we hope you enjoy the show. Episode 69 baby let's go hold on a minute i don't know nah that's it's a little premature dude i think i think you can't really take that celebration song and dance until you hit 70 well what are we gonna do when we get to 70 i need to get like some party horns or something we do need party horns i think we need to bake ourselves a cake actually are you gonna bake it man i would love to see you with an apron on okay two wrong things with that sentence no i'm not going to bake a cake and I will not be wearing an apron just to wear an apron. No, I'm saying you wear the apron to bake the cake. Rob, if so facto, if you can't, if I'm not baking the cake, there is no apron to speak of. Right. I guess if there's no final resolution, there's no process to get there. Well, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Well, so anyway, do you want to get into the episode? Because <laughs> we do have a lot to talk about. Let's do it. All right. So how was your week in the arena? Week's been okay. Uh, pretty good. I don't know. It's been decent, actually. You sound indifferent. It's a weird thing to hear from you. Yeah, I don't know. It's a, I'm a little bit indifferent. This week's been a little bit frustrating for me. I think two weeks ago, we talked about the fact that I hit around 5,000 uh, trophies, so I, I got back to Master 1. I was super excited, was using the Mortar Mauler, you know, was trying to get better and improve at it. But man, I don't know. I just hit this wall. It's called Joe Loses Most of His Games. <laughs> that's the wall I hit and I just got really tired of ladder and I was like you know what I want to use a different deck right like I want to use a deck other than the mortar mauler Mm -hmm. my problem is that I can't use another deck because I don't have any other deck at the card levels I would need them to be in order to play at 5,000 trophies right you would essentially lose every game simply because of card levels so right instead I decided to boycott ladder for the rest of the season and i am currently only playing 2v2s and challenges so that i can well i play 2v2s so that i can get like my my chests like the the cycle chests Mm -hmm. and challenges because i still obviously love to play and um try new decks all the time other than that i'm avidly playing in clan wars because i still love that too so uh just ladder has been pretty frustrating for me man yeah, I've been uh, I've been finding the same thing and I'll talk about it when I get to my week in the arena, but I couldn't agree more. But aside from that, 
I know this happened seemingly about two weeks ago at this point, but dude, we had the CRL 2v2 challenge, and to make a long story short, it took forever, but me and a clanmate in Cast Royale 2, his name is Dazed, one of the best players I have ever played against, or with for that matter, got 15 wins and just one loss in the CRL Prep 2v2 Challenge. We got all that gold, it just like rained down on us, and then I spent it all on Clan Wars updates. <laughs> like, that, like, you know how you have to upgrade all your cards to get them to be levels that you can use? <laughs> right. So that's all gone now. But yeah, we did it, it was really cool. Well, that's good. And aside from that, I know we talked about the other day that we have minis in a clan, but we didn't mention what clan. Right. So right now, our minis are in our friend Boshuda. He is from the Casserau community in our Discord, and our minis are in the clan MS Paper Company. Paper Company is one word, and man, I gotta tell you, they are friends of Casserau. Great family-friendly environment in there, and everyone's just trying to learn, improve, and get better. So be sure to check them out if you can. Yeah, and be sure to hit your 30 minimum donations, sir. Yeah, that's my problem. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm like level three, so you can't really donate many cards at level three. That's true. Joe gets called out like every other week. I do too sometimes. I've been trying really hard. It's hard to remember to go in and work on your mini. And then when you do, there usually aren't many requests to fulfill. Right, but my bigger problem is that because I'm only level three, I can only donate like two total cards every time I'm on it anyway. And even if I want to donate a card... I might not have the card to donate because I haven't unlocked it yet. <laughs> That's a fair point. Wow, you're only level three? I'm level six. Yeah, well, some of us, you know, some of us aren't <laughs> as fast as others, Rob. Well, the little brother never leads. Well, that's the key. Yeah. So how was your week in the arena, man? Uh, it was pretty good. Uh, similar to yours, kind of, I guess. I'm currently around in between 45 to 4600. Uh, I have not really touched ladder because like you said, we're both using the mortar mauler. It's hard to really use any other deck on the ladder. And plus I'm not really in the mood to lose many trophies. So I'm comfortable staying at 45, 4600. That's good. Um, so I've not necessarily been boycotting, but I've kind of been staying away from uh, ladder and in favor of two V twos mostly, and a little bit of challenges here and there. But uh, dude, I have been playing 2v2 as much as possible with everyone I possibly can because it's one of the few ways that I can work on different deck styles and also be playing with other people in the meantime, which is always fun. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, it's a little bit more forgiving when you go into a 2v2. You, you know, right now to play on ladder, you and I probably need max cards, right? Mm-hmm. but you can have one or two levels off of a max card and still take it into a 2v2, and it's semi-viable. Um, right. So I'm with you, man, and I agree. If playing with people, playing with your friends, playing with people from the clan or just random people, um, unless they leave mid-match, <laughs> uh, it's a ton of fun. That's funny that you say that because I have actually been playing a lot of quick matches too, and I got to tell you, man, people still leave games. And I, I wonder if the punishment isn't severe enough that it stops people from actually doing it. Because I, I've had like one tower get taken out and my partner decides to throw up the white flag goblin emote and they literally just leave the match. Well, I mean, to be fair, they might just like stay in the match and just watch you lose. That's fair. And that has happened. But no, I mean, specifically, the message comes up. Your partner has left. Yeah, that's the most like <laughs> that's the saddest thing. When you see that come up, you're just like, it's over. I've lost all hope at this point. Yeah, and there's no way to tell you the opposing team that the teammate left, so I just throw up the flag and I'm like, good game. Yeah, GG. This is fine. Yeah, this is fine. <laughs> just throw out the burning emote. 
Exactly. Uh, so speaking of emotes, I don't know if I mentioned this the last time because I don't remember when I actually purchased it, but I bought the giant emote, so that's a lot of fun to use. Um, and also, I bought the princess emotes, the ones where she's like being really coy and throwing up the peace symbol. Oh, is that the one that has the um, the yawn and also the the arrows that shoot off? Yes. Yeah, those are really good. Yeah, and I actually wound up putting the arrows in my uh, in my deck because I found that that's really fun to throw out when you start a 2v2 match. It just makes it really exciting. It's like, kind of like throwing confetti, but you're throwing arrows. Yeah, or when you make like a really good play, it's kind of like you just snipe them. Exactly. So I'm really digging those. Uh, I mean, that's pretty much it for my week in the arena. However, I did also want to give a clan shout out to uh, one of our Discord members. The clan is called Room A, the letter A, 113. And if you're a Pixar fan, you'll know exactly what that reference is. Um, They are also friends of Cast Royale and super family friendly. I believe they have a 3000 trophy cap. Um, and I remember them telling me that their donation minimum was 50. So, uh, if you want to join their clan, you certainly can. And we highly recommend it. Uh, all they ask is that the players that do join, remember that it's an easygoing and a very active clan. So they, they really, really trying to foster a learning environment, which is something that Joe and I really pride ourselves on, especially with our discord, because we're constantly trying to get better. Uh, so yeah, huge shout out to them. Great job. And if you want to join, that's room a one, one, three. Boom. So we have a handful of topics to cover. Uh, Let's get through some of the basic ones. We had a couple of challenges and some random stuff happen in the game. Number one is Modern Royale. Dude, I love Modern Royale. You want to know what, like, the main reason I like Modern Royale? Tell me why. Because Zap doesn't exist. Fair. Zap is not there. Fireball is not there. It's all the modern stuff. So it's actually a lot more difficult to counter things like goblin gang or bats right like you don't have the zap sure you can have a giant snowball but you you know you got to be able to use an ice golem pretty well too if that you know tickles your fancy but that's true it's a lot of weird combinations i thought that the royal hogs were just destructive because there was no fireball to get rid of them uh so that kind of led to a lot of people using the mega knight which then in turn led to a lot of people using Big Mama Pekka, which then, of course, led to a lot of people using the Inferno Dragon. And oh, by the right. way, there are no zaps to stop it, so then you have to use zappies. <laughs> or the giant snowball. Right, right. So, you know, you can use Ewiz and things like that. So it was just kind of funny to kind of see how the, um, you know, as you were playing, you couldn't lose, right? You just kind of kept playing until you won the whole thing, which was super awesome. But, I mean... As you were going and losing a bunch of times, you kind of realized what cards were doing well versus what cards weren't serving any purpose. And then as you went, you kind of just built upon your deck to get to a, <laughs> a really good one that worked in the meta. Uh, and then at the very end, you probably faced someone that was pretty similar to where you were uh, with your deck build. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up the fact that you couldn't lose. So that was, for me, my favorite part of the entire challenge. Um, so... 20 wins, and I think every other win you got a reward, but dude, like the first half of all the rewards were common cards, and then the second half of all the rewards were rare cards. Any common card that you got, you got 30 of them, and any rare card that you got, you got 5 of them. So, that's a lot of cards for a challenge that was A, free, and B, you couldn't lose. Um, and I, th- I think I played, <laughs> I think I wound up playing with a Lava Hound deck uh, that also had the Night Witch, 
and also had the giant snowball. So I rocked that life for four hours. That was fun. No, I, I, I totally agree. And, that, and that's the cool thing, right? Like you played a Lava Hound deck. I'm sure other people did too. But the cool thing was like just trying to find out what worked um, and what didn't because there were definitely certain combinations of cards that just don't work. <laughs> right. Um, and it was fun to be able to experiment because you didn't have to worry about losing. Uh, no, I, I totally agree. Uh, but aside from that, dude, we got new emotes. Oink, oink, we did get new emotes. Oh, I see what you did there. You want to know what I think about every time I see these uh, these pigs come out for emotes? Bacon? No, actually, bacon sounds really good right now, actually. No, actually, I think about Miss Piggy from the Muppets. Oh, well, that's way more appropriate. Well, right. So, do you like these emotes? Yeah. I'm like a little bit indifferent. Like, I like the one where he's kind of like got his arms crossed and he's got a helmet on and he's kind of like nodding up and down i like the one where he's um screaming like the hog rider screams yes because now you can actually get one that's very similar to the hog rider scream yeah yeah i think that's pretty cool um but the other ones are just kind of meh to me yeah one of them is like he's like panting like a dog it's like a you know the personal pet of the king i guess right 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 mm-hmm. yeah i mean i don't I, I don't love them i also don't dislike them and that's fine but here's my thing I don't think you have to love every emote that comes out for a set of four. What I prefer is if they would allow you to customize your purchases so that instead of buying all four of them, you could pay more money, like we said in a previous episode, to buy the four that you want. Right. Yeah, well, in, a, in an ideal world, that would be the situation that we would be able to take advantage of. But we're not there yet. Hopefully one day. Not there yet. Not there yet. But dude. Mm-hmm. Big news. Tie your shoes. Big news coming. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm tying my shoes. I'm ready to go. Did you see what came out this morning? I wouldn't be a good podcast host if I didn't see it. TV Royale, new episode, and we're getting the September update. I know. And there is so much stuff happening. You want to run through them? Well, first and foremost, we're getting a new card. Yeah, we are. This guy is the Goblin Giant. A six-cost epic card that is honestly probably one of the cooler giants that is currently in the game. In my opinion, obviously, I'm sure a lot of people will disagree, but I just love the fact that, A, it's a little bit faster than most giants because, I mean, let's face it, it's a goblin. It kind of should be, right? But also, it's the only giant that has not one, but two other troops attached to its back that can attack anything while the giant itself is focused on getting to the tower right it's a wonderful delivery system so this thing attacks buildings first whereas the spear goblins will attack whatever is in front of them just like they normally would now a lot of people i've seen on twitter are comparing this guy to the rascals well first of all the rascals are a five cost and they're a common card also the two you know rascal girls the two things behind the tank Mm -hmm. are not connected to the tank and can be killed before the tank. This is totally different. You have to kill the tank before the goblins are even accessible to be killed. Correct. Um, so it's not like you can just throw a log at them and, and, and render the, the boy rascal you know, useless. With these guys, you got to deal with the tank first in order to deal with the, the, the spear goblins. And we all know that if spear goblins connect with a tower or even you know, a random troop that has a lot of health, if they can sit there and just attack... They do a ton of damage. Yeah, dude, they're relentless. They're goblins. <laughs> <laughs> I love the example of uh, when they throw the bats on top of the goblin giant. 
And there's nothing that the bats can really do because they can only attack the actual giant. And then the goblins are attacking the bats. And by the end, all the bats are gone. Yeah, for sure. Like little one cost skeletons won't do anything against this giant um, because like you said, the spirit goblins will kill those as well. So I think it's a really cool and unique element to a card. And to be honest, I'm just excited to see once it hits the meta, I'm most excited to just see how this thing impacts CRL. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. And I, I, I honestly cannot wait to play with this card. And it sounds like we're going to get a lot of opportunities to be able to do that. Yeah, no, I mean, what they said on TV Royale this morning was that basically you'll have the ability to play this thing in a practice challenge or in various different ways as soon as it's released. That way you can get a feel for what the card is. Um, and eventually, hopefully, it'll be in your deck. Right. But that is not the only exciting news that's happening in this update. No, it's not. So in my opinion, one of the most interesting changes that's happening with this update is that they are changing the card rarity levels to now start at the following levels based on the type of rarity. Commons will start at level 1. Rares will automatically, when you unlock them, start at level 3. Epics will start at level 6. And Legendaries will start at level 9. And then the max for every one of those cards will always be level 13 to make the level caps more streamlined. So Joe, what do you think about this? I mean, I think it makes a ton of sense, right? Like every time that you open up a a deck and it's like, oh, is this a max deck? You have four different levels of four different types of rarities that you have to look out for, Mm -hmm. right? Like legendaries used to max out at level five. Well, why is that, right? At the end of the day, a level five legendary had the same exact power level as a level 13 common. So then why not just streamline the whole process and make the max of everything level 13. So previously, a legendary used to be level 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, right? Mm-hmm. Five different levels. Well, now they're just going to start at level 9, and then they'll cap at 13. But they're going to have the same power as if they used to start out at level 1. And they'll still have just five regular level ups, right? So it'll just be like 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. Still five different levels. The difference is that now when you look at a max deck, a true max deck will just be all level 13s um, as opposed to like four different levels for each of the different rarities. Right. And with the old system, it was also very difficult to kind of figure out how one card at one level would interact with another card at a different level. That's really hard for players to grasp, especially if you're a newer player or let's say not a seasoned veteran player. Um, So now at least if you see cards that are different levels, it's much easier to understand why they're interacting the way that they're interacting. So the best example that I can think of when I when I think of this this power level struggle is Mm -hmm. right now, if you start a mini or you start a new account or whatever, if you unlock the prince or the baby dragon, those are two of the strongest cards at early levels, not because they're overpowered, but just simply because they start off really at level six power level. But when a level one common is attacking my prince, it literally seems to do nothing. And I'm always just like, why? Because I forget that the, the, the prince is actually a much higher starting power level. So now hopefully like setting them up this way, it'll be very easy to identify. If a level six is attacking a level one, you're, you're at a disadvantage there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that makes sense. And I'm really excited to have my brain switch that stuff around so I can really hone in on what it is these cards are doing in the arena. Yep, now just a quick reminder, this changes nothing about the stats of the card. It changes nothing about the way they interact with any other card as they currently do now. This is literally a visual thing 
that allows people to easily identify when various levels are not actually on a level playing field. Right. Good reminder, bro. Boom. Uh, And we also are getting some changes to Clan Wars. So first up, Collection and Final War Day Battles will now count towards your crown chest. Love this. Blown away, actually, because I always wondered why they never counted towards that. And, I mean, every other type of battle seems to count other than maybe friendly battles, right? So it kind of makes sense, especially since you're playing against other people. If you're playing against other people, the crown should count. So it's great to see them make this change. Totally agree. And then the other Clan Wars change is that we are now getting gold chests at the end of the war battles. So now, do you think that they are saying that they are actually gold chests or chests that contain a lot of gold? Like, are they colored gold? What do you think? No, I think that they're not colored gold. Mm. So they're not the real gold chest. Will the real gold chest please stand up? (laughs) (laughs) I see what you did there. But anyway, it's not gold chests. It's chests full of gold. So basically how it works is you have three collection day battles that you play every war. And then you also have a final war day battle. So what they're going to do is take the battles from the two days, you know, your collection days and your war day battle, and any gold that you earn is going to be accumulated in this chest. And how it works is once you play your final war day battle, you will have the ability to earn it. It's kind of like you're invested in it at that point. If you don't play your final war day battle, you lose the ability to get the gold. Brilliant. So it's kind of like incentive for people to play their war day battle. But what's cool about this is that obviously the more games that you play, uh, you know, the three collection days and the war day battle, or maybe you have two war day battles, the more gold you have access to. But what's even better is after you collect it, once you open it up, it'll either include bonus gold inside of it, or, are you ready for this? It'll include something called a trade token. Tell me what it is. So what's a trade token? Dude, trade tokens are things that can be earned from chests, challenges, or received from the shop. And they allow you to trade cards on your off request cycles, right? Like you don't have to request every seven hours. This is totally different and separate from the, from the request system. Right. If you obtain a trade token, You can initiate a trade inside of your clan chat with your clan members and offer up, say, a baby dragon in return for golems, because that's what I want in my deck, a golem, and I don't want or use baby dragons. But what's even cooler is that you have a chance to get a legendary trade token, which allows you the ability to trade a legendary and what's even cooler, how could it be any cooler? You can use these trade tokens, both regular and legendary trade tokens, and use them to get cards that you don't currently have unlocked. That's right. So if I don't have the Mega Knight unlocked and Rob has it, I can offer Rob an Ewiz for a Mega Knight and get the card. Yes. This is fantastic. It's such a good idea. This is genius. So we've been talking so much about wanting to be able to get more legendaries into the game. And honestly, dude, 
I think this is a really clever way to do that while also being able to trade other types of cards as well. I mean, I don't know if it's exactly doubled, but if you get as many legendary tokens as you get legendaries per month, like we talked about, maybe you're doubling your chances of getting the legendaries that you need. Oh, it, you're more than doubling the chances that you get what you need, right? Because when you trade a legendary token, you're trading it for the specific legendary that you want. You're not just trading it for any legendary. You're trading it for the specific one that you want to level up in your deck. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it's so much better in the sense that you can level up and progress in the game much quicker. Right. And it does a lot for the economy, but it also doesn't necessarily change how many cards are in the game currently, right? Because I'm giving up a card for you to then give up another card in return. So I think that th this is a really creative and super outside the box way of handling this and i'm very excited to start collecting these especially from all the different ways that you can get them like you said chests challenges shop it's awesome you know i i, I totally agree and they didn't mention this but did it seem like you were able to like emote in clan chat now it looks like we're going to be able to throw the emotes that i don't know if it's based on what we've purchased or what um is available currently but if you have emotes, I assume now you will be able to press a button, send an emote in the chat, which honestly is going to be a little bit more fun than sending regular emoji. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And, and again, they didn't mention this in the TV URL episode, but in the episode itself, you could see in some of their um, trickery that they were doing over there in the background that they had yeah. some uh, emotes in clan chat. So, you know, we'll see what actually comes out when the when the update hits. You know, that could have just been in there for... Uh, for fun but we'll see right and there's probably so much more stuff that we won't know about until the actual update finally lands but man i can't wait i'm so excited couldn't agree more dude i think this is a really good you know quality of life we'll call it um september update i think it focuses on progression it focuses on clan wars linking clan wars to your crown chests so that you don't have to worry about doing ladder or challenges to fulfill those every day right if you're going in every day and you're doing four games collection day battles and final day battles some people that's that's all they have time for right so if you, right. if you don't have time to get into challenges and, and ladder well then you miss out on your crown chest now so it's uh this is a little uh added way for people to continue progression yeah and just to add one final point it's an update that it seems to be solely focused on fun and the player which i couldn't be more happy about boom tonight we are sponsored by chegg Chegg is a leader in online study assistance. Whether you need textbook solutions or expert Q&A, there is no better tool to help you ace any class than Chegg Study. They have everything you need to make the most of any study session or breeze through even the toughest homework problems. Study at home on your desktop or anywhere on the go with the Chegg Study mobile app. The nice thing about Chegg is that their subscriptions are affordably priced and can be canceled at any time, which I personally really appreciate. Plus, you can get expert help 24-7. If you need help with some tough problems right away, simply use the Chegg Study app to snap a quick picture of the problem not covered in your textbook, then submit it instantly to Chegg's experts and get an answer in as little as two hours, anytime, anywhere. That's right, man. And I got to tell you, if we would have known about this when we were in college, man, would college have just been so much easier. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I pulled all-nighters trying to figure out homework and different problems and solutions, and having expert support available 24-7 just would have made it so much easier. But one thing's for sure, it's not too late for some of our listeners. And if you want to get $5 off your first month's subscription, go to chegg.com cast 
and use the promo code CAST. Once again, that's C-H-E-G-G dot com slash C-A-S-T to get $5 off your first month subscription. Thanks a lot to Chegg for sponsoring our show. All right, let's move on to our meta check. Meta check. And our boy, Sir Devin Lloyd Christmas, comes to us with another awesome meta check. And Joe, please take us through what Devin has to say. That's right, man. So our boy, Lloyd Christmas, Sir Devin, hit us with the meta check, and he's got the numbers to prove it. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. So this time around, we're not doing a meta check trivia, but... We are recapping the card use rates over the last six months, and we're looking at the things that have risen and the things that have fallen over the time span. I'm excited. I feel like we're back to being true to form. True to form is good. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But MetaCheck Trivia was pretty fun. It was, and and we're going to do it again, I'm sure. I'm sure he's coming up with something. All right, so to the top, the tippy top of the list, are you ready? I'm ready. All right, so I'm just going to rattle off a list of cards that have been seemingly very good at the top of the ladder for quite some time. Okay. The Zap, the Log, the Mega Minion, Fireball, Ice Golem, Miner, Goblin Gang, and the Ice Spirit. Now, let me just say, I probably could have guessed more than half of those cards. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you're probably not surprised. It's probably very predictable. I mean, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. you've got the three most used spells in the game. Zap, log fireball the best seemingly defensive card in the game which is the mega minion you've got the ice golem which is the ultimate distractor you've got the miner which is just a pest and control card and serves so many versatile uses throughout many decks you've got the goblin gang which has seemingly never been taken over by the guards no matter how much they tried and the skarmy is non-existent and the ice spirit even with its huge insane nerf that it got is still at the top of the meta, baby. Because it's a utility card, and that utility hasn't changed. Couldn't agree more. So the commons and rears that are in this group are definitely the good ones to continue leveling up. It's a good chance that if they've been if they've been at the top of the ladder for the last six months, they're probably going to be okay, even with a little bit of a nerf. Right. The commons are easily maxed, and the rears are not that far behind that. So again, if you can focus on anything, it's these commons and rears to keep your deck powerful in most to many metas. So now we're going to talk about a couple of cards that often pop up at lower level arenas or lower level trophy counts, but are not being used by the pros. I'm actually really excited for this list because I feel like there are definitely a lot of listeners that are at the lower levels and want to know what cards they should be using. Well, I can promise you this list also will not be a surprise. Right. We start off with the Royal Giant. Ooh. Quickly followed by the (laughs) E-Barbs. Of course. Swiftly followed by the Rage Spell. I see what you're doing here. (laughs) You see that? (laughs) And then we've got the Giant Skeleton, the Bomb Tower, and the Bomber. So anybody that listens to this podcast, most people that play the game and play on the ladder, will know that lower level arenas, lower level trophy counts, typically max out the Royal Giant, the E-Barbs. Some of them will do the Rage as well to have that little surprise factor. Because they're common cards that are easily maxable. And Rage, you know, as an epic, if you can get these cards onto a tower, they do devastating things to it, right? A hundred percent. The difference between the pros and the use and eyes of the world is that the Royal Giant and E-Barbs really aren't that good. They're they're powerful at lower level arenas because they're easily maxable. But once everything is maxed, they just don't serve 
as much of an impact on the arena map. Mm-hmm. So it's just interesting to see how over the past six months, nothing's changed, <laughs> right? Like in order to get to higher level arenas and higher level trophy counts, you should probably stick to really overpowered or very powerful common cards that can get you to those trophy counts. But in order to succeed at those trophy counts, you're going to probably need to switch to a more meta style deck. It's just funny to hear the words come out of your mouth of you suggesting make sure you use an overpowered card. Well, no, I mean, at the end of the day, sometimes it's about strategy, dude. <laughs> no, I, I don't disagree with you at all. And especially since we're talking about lower level arenas, this this is the most appropriate strategy. So right. I don't ding you at all. So, so, okay. So just to clarify, if you want to to climb the fastest that you've ever climbed in the, in the ladder, right, to get a higher trophy count, you max out a Royal Giant E-Barb deck with Rage. Right. If you want to get much better at the game and invest time into decks that work beyond the Royal Giant and E-Barb decks, you focus on a meta deck. I think that is a fair recommendation. If you choose the first option to get tr- higher trophies first, you're going to find that, you, <laughs> that you've wasted some time in your Clash Royale career because you can't really use those cards at higher level arenas and trophy counts. So uh, there's a cap, right? There's like a cap to certain cards and certain decks, at least right now. Um, And, you know, eventually you'll see that, but there's two paths you can go down, one before the other. And if you choose to go down one, then you've got to reinvest the time. Right. So that's why the pros don't use it. (laughs) Now I understand. I feel like I can sleep better at night. Me too. Great. Mm Mm-hmm. Now get this, dude. Surprisingly, the princess has seen a huge decrease in use rate with a use rate of around 7%. Wow, that's low. Yeah, man, for a card that was consistently being used around 20% at the top of the ladder, to be cut by almost two-thirds is pretty alarming. With the increase of log usage, things even might be getting worse before they get better for the princess, because as you know, log perfectly counters the princess unless it's used in log bait. Right. So that's pretty much it. That is the meta check. Last six month trends, risers, and the fallers and the reasons for them we couldn't include everything in the meta check but as always we will include the numbers in the show notes so be sure to check them out and let us know if you have any questions bada bada boom boom nice job thanks man all right joe you know what time it is oh i know exactly what time it is it's time for boom it or move it boom it or move it And with the new game update also comes the 9-3 September balance changes, and we are going to do a famous boom it or move it on these cards and their changes. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Number one is to the Valkyrie, who had her hit speed slowed from 1.4 seconds to 1.6 seconds. Boom it or move it? I'm gonna boom it, man. Really? Yeah, dude, I think that the Valkyrie currently is a bit overpowered. I think that she attacks way too fast for a tank that just has a tremendous amount of health. The value that she gets in, in I mean, I'm looking at her in CRL. When she's used in CRL for either 2v2 or 1v1, it's insane what she can do. Yeah, that's a fair point. I don't know. I just always feel like, I mean, you said she's a little bit overpowered. I don't necessarily see it that way. I see her as powered. I, I don't know. So I felt like when I first saw this, I was like, oh, no, don't make it worse. But I mean, I can't really argue with the fact that she does hit fairly quickly. I mean, you can't be 
You can't be a hard tank and be a disgusting DPS unit. That's true. You can't be both, otherwise that's overpowered. And right now she was just killing things too fast for being able to tank the, with the health that she had. So uh, I, I prefer her keeping her health as a tank and then just re reducing how quickly she attacks uh, to make her a little bit less effective in removing things from the board. Fair. All right, next up is our favorite card, I think, that was <laughs> once so good and and then very quickly overturned. The Royal Recruits had their damage increased by 12%. Boom it or move it? I mean, I feel like this is an obvious one, right? I'm going to have to boom it. I mean, I, I'm totally on board. I don't know how you could not. These cards are just so lackluster right now, but let me hear your 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 explanation. Well, I mean, I was going to agree with you 100%. I mean, they started out as a card that everybody used because obviously they came out a little too overpowered, let's be honest, and they were pretty quick to admit that. Um, but then they nerfed it to the point where I rarely ever see anybody play these cards. So I think giving them a pretty decent damage increase like this, like we said, 12%, that's, that's enough to really put them back in the arena, I think. And I'm really curious to see if this is going to make them what I would consider mainstream, or at least get them back in the meta again. I don't know. I think it remains to be seen because maybe other things could be changed with this card, but I think they're also playing it a little cautious, right? Because they came out so strong, then they went away so quickly, very weak. And now maybe this change will kind of bump them up a little bit, but who knows? We'll see. I like the change though. Totally agree. Mm-hmm. All right, number three. One of my favorites, actually, and I, and I don't necessarily mean that as a good thing or a bad thing. So let's see. The Barbarian Barrel had its elixir cost decreased from three to two, had its damage decreased by 9%, had its range shortened from seven tiles to five tiles. Oh, and by the way, they also removed the knockback effect. Boom it or move it. So... There's a lot going on here. There is a lot going on. It's the one with the most amount of changes. I'm going to simply say, I boom it. Okay, is, the, is, there a, is there a why behind that boom? A couple of reasons. One, the Barbarian Barrel is cool, but it will never be the log at the Elixir, right? Right, and everybody loves the log. Everyone loves the log. The log is two cost. It's a cycle card, pushes everything back, and it just it's better, right? So you'll always resort to the log instead of the Barbarian Barrel. So by reducing it to two cost, it makes it much more of a viable option. But in reducing it to two cost, it can't have the same damage that would seem overpowered. So they reduced it by 9%. 9% off of its damage still allows it to seemingly kill the archers. So it's not really changing troop interaction with killing archers or, or, or you know, rascal girls or removing shields from the skeletons or mm -hmm. um, from like the guards or the dark prince. It'll still do all of that the same, but for two cost, it won't be rolling through everything at the same higher damage that it was before. Plus, it also will have a harder time getting to the tower. Totally agree. And on top of that, like you just said, because it's got two tile less of a range, it takes longer for the Barbarian to get to the tower. You know, and I guess the final thing, which, you know, differentiates it tremendously from the log, at two cost, sure, this one gives you a, a Barbarian Barrel. Sure, this one might kill the Archers. Sure, it might do all that, but it doesn't knock back anything anymore. So, um, you know, that includes, unfortunately, that includes things like the battle ram. Ooh, right. So you roll this thing through it and it, the thing will just start 
charging right past it. So I think all in all, this allows it to be a more viable option, right? Because now it can potentially compete with the log. But at the end of the day, I don't know if it's perfect, right? And this is a ton of changes, so we'll see how it works. But in any event, I think it's a step in the right direction. And also, if you really, really think about it, you're getting a barbarian on the map for two cost. That's pretty good. Yeah, man, and you're still dealing all this damage and being able to kill things like the Rascal Girls, the Goblins, a Goblin Barrel, full-on Goblin Gang, right? I mean, all skeletons of a Skarmy. You know, this is a bi it's a big deal, but the decreased range makes it so that you have to time it more appropriately. You can't just kind of roll it through everything at once. Right. All right, next up is the Witch, who has her hit points decreased by 3.5%. Boom it or move it? I don't know. I don't know. So I was on the fence with this one at first, but I think I'm going to have to also boom this one. All right. Why? Well, I think the, the buff that they originally gave her made her a little bit too strong and kept her on the map a little bit longer. I mean, if you think about it, she was not able to die to a fireball log combination, whereas now with this change, she will be able to be killed with a fireball log combination. Plus, if you do the math, she will survive a fireball zap combination. So it kind of gives this little in-between of those two spell combinations that gives a little bit of strategy to both players. So I'm, I'm really digging the way that they did this. Totally agree. Couldn't have said it better myself. All right. And the next one is to our beloved Prince, who had his hit points increased by 5%. Boom it or move it. So I think I'm going to boom this one for no other reason than I just don't really see the prince used all that much anymore because I think the change to the charge mechanic really kind of hurt him. Uh, so he doesn't stay on the map as long and he kind of, you know, he doesn't impact the map as much, right? Because if he stops once or twice, he can't recharge again. Can you remind us what the charge change was? So once they streamlined all of the charges between the battle ram, the prince, and the dark prince... Um, you know, it made them a little bit slower, right? So they don't charge up as much. They just, they die a little bit easier. They're a little, honestly, they're just a little bit more manageable. So a little bit of extra health will hopefully allow it to kind of be on the map a little bit longer and, uh, hopefully get maybe one more charge in, which is, I mean, effectively what this card needs to do. Well, right. And to be fair, a lot of people, a lot of people use the Prince as a stand-in tank sometimes because it does a lot of damage and it has a lot of health. Very true. All right. Next one up is the Lightning which had its damage increased by 5%. Boom it or move it. So I, I'm going to boom this one if for no other reason to say that every time a lightning comes out of the sky, it scares the living bejesus out of me. And I, I like this card, and I think that sometimes it doesn't necessarily do what it needs to do, so hopefully having 5% more damage will help it do that. And honestly, I don't really see the lightning plate as much as I thought it would be after they made the other changes to it, so anything to really help this guy out will be a big improvement. Yeah, no, I think it's a good change. The, you know, the, the lightning is one of the underused power spells, is, is, is what I'll say. Um, and a little bit of extra damage just helps it get some more value. Uh, I don't think it'll change much of the interactions, but, um, you know, it'll still kill Witch, it'll still kill uh, Musketeer and all this other stuff. It, it still will not kill the Executioner. Um, so, I mean, it's not going to kill Sparky. So, at the end of the day, it does a little bit more, but it doesn't tremendously change the interactions, but it just gives it a little oomph, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
So the next one is to the Royal Hogs, who had their hit speed slowed from 1.1 seconds to 1.2 seconds. Boom it or move it. I'm going to boom this one like 55 times. Yeah, you have to. Boom, 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 boom. I mean, I'm, I, I did like the fact that the, that the Royal Hogs were buffed previously to basically attack instantly once they got to the tower, right? Because they kind of, they literally come in like a wrecking ball. They, they come in like a, a stampede and previously they didn't deal damage right away, but now they do, which is what they should do. Right. Uh, but the, the problem that I have with these, it's almost like guaranteed damage to a certain extent, but they just attack so fast in between their hits that hopefully this just allows them to be a little bit more manageable. Even if they make it to the tower, they get their first hit off, their second hit off. Maybe at the end of the day, this only saves one or two hits, right? Because 0.1 seconds isn't huge. Um, but if it saves one or two hits every single time that they're used, that's a ton of damage. You know, that's almost 100 damage per, per use. Yeah, dude. And like we easily saw and spoke about earlier with the Modern Royale Challenge, when these things are left unattended, they do damage. Big time, especially if you're playing against a deck that doesn't have a fireball. That's right. Alright, so next up is the cannon cart. And I wish I I wish I could have said that I didn't see this coming, but <laughs> I, I kinda saw it coming. Yeah. The cannon cart had its range reduced from 5.5 tiles to 5 tiles. Boom it or move it. So I love this card, and I'm still gonna boom it. Tell me why. Well, I mean, I love this card so much because it's so strong. And dude, when it gets onto a tower, because it has to be killed essentially two times, it does so much damage if it's not taken care of. Um, So making its range a little bit shorter is going to make it have to travel a little bit further to get to the tower. Plus, it's closer. So potentially, you'll have more things around and be able to do more things to it when it's closer to your side of the arena. Right, and by taking longer to get to the tower, like you mentioned, it means that it doesn't lock onto it as quickly. Right. And once it locks onto the tower, you can't unlock it unless you zap it or freeze it. So, you know, the biggest problem with this card is if it gets locked onto the tower, it just does insane amounts of damage. Um, So hopefully a decrease in its tile range will allow it to be a little bit more manageable when it crosses the bridge so that you don't just get devastated by it. Right, and also not induce panic when you see it. But you need to be very fast when that card gets to the bridge. So having the half tile reduction, I think, is going to help with that a little bit. Totally agree. Mm-hmm. And the last one is to our beloved Zappies, who had their reload mechanics changed a little bit. Boom it or move it. So I don't really understand this thing, but I'm going to boom it. <laughs> Any mechanic that gets changed that I really don't understand has to have like a really good purpose for it. And if you read the tooltip, it literally says that the Zappies are sneaky powerful. Yes. That's got Rumham written all over it. <laughs> I just picture him being like, these little dudes, they're, they're sneaky, sneaky powerful. powerful. <laughs> yeah, and of course, we're not going to end the segment after we just did all booms with one move. So I think it's fair to boom it too. It's probably fine. That's right. So, you know, they're basically going to have their reload times a little bit more consistent. They're going to slow down their first attack after moving and they won't be able to stun lock another Zappy if they get hit first. So this is definitely a boom. All those things sound like great changes. Yeah, I mean, again, I don't, I'm sure there's things in there that I don't quite understand, but we'll see how they play out. Um, but either way, it sounds like all good stuff. And, 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 you know, if something's sneaky powerful, I'd rather it be 
known powerful or just not overpowered. <laughs> right. Powered. Just powered. Kind of like a Duracell battery. Like the Energizer Bunny. Those are two different brands, but they do both keep going. Right. So what's your grade? I'm going to go... I'm going to go with an A. Solid A? Solid A. This is definitely a solid A. This is like 95. Yeah, I think it's like right there. I think, it, you know, it's good stuff. Um, I think that these weren't game changer type of, of changes. Um, I think the two biggest ones, or the three biggest ones for me, were the Valkyrie, the Royal Hogs, and the Cannon Cart, just because those three definitely needed to be addressed. I think the rest are kind of like just quality of life uh, improvements. And the Barbarian Barrel, it's a, I mean, that's a totally different change in the mechanic of the card. Um, so we'll see how it works. Yeah, for me, I was going to say that my biggest changes were the Barbarian Barrel and the Witch, just because of the way that they're interacting with other cards now. Right, right. So mine don't, yeah, I agree. I finished no. I finished a total of no thoughts there, but yes, I agree. <laughs> I was going to say, give me a complete sentence, but I got the idea, I guess. So, there we have it. There we have it. And that was Boom It or Move It on the September balance changes. Boom. Boom. All right, so let's move on to our... Deck Spotlight. Deck Spotlight. And this deck is called Earth, Wind, and Fire because all the elements combined will help you destroy your opponent. And it's a 4.3 average elixir cost deck that contains the Golem, the Baby Dragon, Night Witch, Mega Minion, Lumberjack, Zap, Tornado, and the Elixir Collector. So Joe, tell me how to destroy my opponent. So this deck is literally the definition of a beatdown style deck. I'm excited because I've been playing a lot of beatdown recently, so lay it on me. It doesn't include a beatdown style spell, so it's unique in that regard. But it does have the golem and it does have the elixir pump. So as usual, when you have the pump, the main goal is to generate an elixir advantage. You can do that either by putting down the elixir pump and protecting it, or by choosing when and when not to defend against your opponent's pushes in order to gain an elixir advantage. So for example, if they throw down spear goblins at the bridge, you don't have to zap them, right? They're going to get some damage on your tower, but if you choose not to zap them, well, you've just generated plus two elixir. Right. If you combine that with an elixir pump and make it a positive four elixir, well, then you can start your beatdown brigade. Once you have the elixir advantage, whether it's by defending efficiently or from the elixir pump, the main push starts with putting the golem down behind the tower. After that, you wait a few seconds, not right away, but a few seconds, and then you throw down your night witch. I'm following you so far. The night witch is going to generate little baby bats that are going to help protect and annoy your opponent's defense for your golem whenever that comes. At this point, you kind of want to slow play. You don't want to play too fast because if you throw down your troops or your spells too quickly, you're not going to have them for when your opponent drops down their troops or buildings. So it's important to slow play from this point on. If they throw down swarmy type troops, well, then you're going to want to throw down your baby dragon. If they throw down something like a tank, you're going to want to use either your mega minion or your lumberjack to facilitate the offensive push. If they throw down things that are annoying, support troops that just deal damage, like the musketeer, the executioner, the wizard, things like that, well, then you're going to want to use the baby dragon and just sit back and wait. The goal 
is to tornado everything together on top of your golem while the golem is making their offensive push. If your opponent kills the golem, well, everything that was just tornadoed on top of him blows up. Right. (laughs) They take the death damage. But on top of that, they're taking tornado damage as well because the spell does damage while it pulls it in. And oh, by the way, they're also getting splash damage, area of effect splash damage from the baby dragon. So there's this just like trio of golem earth, tornado wind, and baby dragon fire that just decimate your opponent's defense. And oh, by the way, once your golem dies, you have built-in golemite tanks for everything else behind it. Right. Now, the tricky part with this deck is being able to navigate around either an Inferno Dragon or an Inferno Tower. You only have the zap to be able to interrupt either of those two things one time. If you're facing an Inferno Dragon and you're finding it hard to get to the Inferno Dragon, zapping it works, but zapping it will only work for a small amount of time. It's better to either tornado the Inferno Dragon right on top of all of what's going on so that it dies, or tornado it away from your golem. If they make the mistake of putting the, the Inferno Dragon in the middle of the map, well, then just tornado it to the other side. <laughs> <laughs> right, a lane switch. Lane switch. So <laughs> now keep in mind, that'll work, right? Like it'll, it'll, it'll keep your golem alive, but you won't have the tornado anymore for your big, massive earth, wind, and fire push, right? Right. But it's good because your tank threat is now dead or not killing your golem now that's like a perfect best case scenario on offense so what happens if you drop your golem in the back and your opponent drops either a giant or a golem in the back right like you're both seemingly building up this like really massive push well then your strategy changes what you do instead is drop the golem down in the back and your next card should still be your night witch but after that's done the next card you should drop is the tank killer which in this deck is the Lumberjack. So basically, you have a push of a Golem that is pushing up the map and is protecting your Night Witch and your Lumberjack. And once their tank gets to your troops, your Lumberjack and Night Witch plus the Bats are going to be able to kill their tank much faster than they'll be able to kill yours. And then from there, you just go on an offensive counter push. It's like magic. (laughs) Bada bada, boom. Boom, nice, dude. This looks, uh... And sounds incredible, actually. And I'm really excited to try it because I've been playing a lot of beatdown just to practice that because I feel like it's a, it's a really good archetype to, to know how to play uh, because a lot of decks can be beatdowns. So I'm excited to give this one a try. You know, this one's a lot of fun. It's super difficult to play. You'll, you'll, you'll find yourself in many scenarios trying to be like, well, where's my poison? <laughs> where's my rocket? Where's my fireball? It doesn't have that. You really have to use the golem death damage, the, the tornado, the baby dragon those three things synergize so well with each other that you can take out such huge defenses. Um, and if you just kind of invest some time into it, take, take a few losses while learning the curve of the, of the deck, uh, you'll see that this deck is super good in the current meta, hits the top of the ladder plenty of times, and it's just it's a solid, well-rounded deck. Uh, the key is being able to learn when to and not to defend. Because again, this deck can eat some damage. Your towers can take damage. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is all you need is one good, huge punch. And, and, and I promise you, your punch will be much bigger than theirs. Boom. Boom.
Our boom will be bigger. Our boom will be bigger than theirs. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger. Ah. All right, so that's it for the deck spotlight. And this week we got two, count them, two new patrons. Two new patrons. Huge shout outs to Brian S. and Michael S. I don't think they have the same last name. No, they definitely don't, but they both end with S. No, they, they both start with S. They start with S. Maybe they're just Michael and Brian S. That's their last name. Well, I don't think that's true. It's the world's shortest last name. Unless you don't have one. Right. Then you're just Michael and Brian. It's like Rob and Joe. Anyway, <laughs> guys, thank you so much for your support. We truly appreciate you donating your hard-earned money to support what we do so that Rob and I can continue to give fresh, fun, and family-friendly content for our listeners. We truly, truly appreciate it. Bada bada boom. Bada bada boom. <laughs> uh, and that's it. Uh, if you would like to join our Discord, you can go to castroyalepodcast.com slash Discord. That is the number one way to meet all of our community members, talk to us, and also get first dibs with the rest of the community on spots in our clan. That's right. And as always, the number one way that you can help us reach more people is by leaving us an iTunes review. Right. And if you would like to also send us some snail mail, you can email us at feedback at castroyalepodcast.com. And if you'd like to reach out to us on Twitter, you can do so by using the handle at podcastroyale. Or search Instagram for castroyalepodcast. Boom. Boom. And a huge shout out to clnsmedia.com for hosting our show on their site. If you're looking for the most recent episodes, you can find them there. Or if you're interested in new podcasts, you can also check out their collection. And last but certainly not least, a huge shout out to tonight's sponsor, Chegg. Joe, I am done. I'm ready and raring to go to bed. I'm throwing in the towel. I'm done. You it's over. To. You have to throw up the goblin white flag emote and just call it a night, man. Maybe I'll just be the hog rider. And start screaming again? That was an epic scream, by the way. I still think about the fact that you were able to pull that off. Yeah, before bed, I'll just be like, <laughs> And on that note, we will see you next time for another hodgepodge of everything! Hodgepodge of everything! Boom! Boom. Bye. Bye.